Hey everyone, this is Chris Decker, your co-host for the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. As you know, we are on a series covering the 12 steps. I'm joined here in studio with John Rizzi, my co-host. And I just, I this verse right here is glaring at me. I just need to share it. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow, what a promise. Amazing. Uh, step two, <clears throat> excuse me, and principle two, just like last week with coming out of denial, principle one and step one, they're, they're locked together. So let me read that. Principle two is earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. CR step two is, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians 2.13. You ready for step two, Chris? Yeah, let's jump right in. You know, one of the things I like about the definition is it's, it's we came to believe. So that like that that denotes a process and in i was looking through some of the cr material and it's talking about this process of consideration doubt reasoning and then concluding and like wow like i i totally went through that process um because i started recovery as a non-believer um i had a lot of skepticism um, I wasn't raised in, you know, we weren't even like um, Christmas and Easter Christians. We just didn't go to church at all. There was no talk of it, no talk of spirituality, no talk of God. As far as I knew, there was no God, no clue. We just, we didn't talk about it. My parents were raised Catholic and whatever happened in the Catholic church in their era drove them out of it. Mm. Um, so for me... Um, Starting to, I, I, this is really funny because I remember when I first started in recovery, I started seeing a counselor that wasn't a Christian counselor, secular counselor. And I remember telling her, like, I want to find a program that's more secular than, than SAA. Mm. Like, there is no such thing, but, right. but the, like, that was where my mindset was, right? <laughs> um, and the irony is, here I am almost nine years later, having really um, been moved by God to join a Christ-centered recovery, come to Christ, um, and start evangelizing for the recovery lifestyle. It's a, it's a pretty cool story, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that God didn't give up on me. <clears throat> what about you? How'd you get here? Um, well, it's being willing to take a step, not knowing the entire roadmap mm. and understanding that in God's infinite power, that anything is possible. Anything is possible with, with God. And I oftentimes try to personify God the Father 
But that's why Jesus came, yeah. is to be that personification that we can understand as human beings. We have a chance at understanding what this means. And he made it really, really clear that um, we are forgiven. And that's that's a gift, but it's a very hard gift to receive. Yeah. Now, you weren't raised as a Christian either. I was not. Um, technically born Catholic, converted to Judaism like pretty much at birth, and uh, was just raised in a variety of circumstances. Um, you know, as an almost Orthodox Jew, like I was into Zen Buddhism, you know, and I've meditated at a Zen Buddhist mountain center, you know, like I... I explored a lot. <laughs> so you were seeking for sure. I was seeking. And um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and see, and I wasn't. I wasn't seeking. The only thing that I was seeking was the attention of women. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a statement. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, be, and, and I can say that unequivocally because when I look at my inventory and I see this pattern, it's like this disgusting and desperate attempt to get validation from women. And, you know, not just my wife, obviously, because you know, flirting with them or having emotional affairs with them or trying to feed my ego to pursue them in any way, shape or form um, because I wanted to be, you know, accepted by women. I wanted women to want me as much as I wanted them. Uh, and that just fueled this lust habit where it'd be like wanting to look at and and carve up every single woman into her component pieces to evaluate and assess them. And uh, it, it was a habit I nurtured for so long that it's taking a long time to deprogram all that. So I'll just add to that. I mean, as much as I've always been seeking the Lord, um, and I, I have found him today, like I can unequivocally say that, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Um, I am I am all in on this. Um, but at the same time, it existed that I was seeking in my sinful nature, um, image, status, mm -hmm. material, and to feel like I was in control with women, to be able to buy them effectively. And um, a woman is not something to, not someone, not something to be bought. This is a child of God. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And, and, can you imagine, you know, Jesus thinking that way? Of course not, right? Oh, you know, and, and and us trying to pursue being able to interact with women the way Jesus interacts with them. I think that's the, the goal. Um, in our devotional this morning, where it was, uh, and we talked about this a little bit in our in our group last night about how <clears throat> we. Living lust-free is in God's will, right? And and this devotional said, God will not withhold anything from us that is in his will for us, right? So, so okay, God won't withhold me being lust-free um, because that's his will for my life, yet I still struggle with it. Why? Well, probably because, one— Am I really 100% willing to let go of my my desire to lust? Maybe not. And two, the, the devotional today was all about like praying desperately, like, like I have cancer for God to remove this desire for me to lust. And I don't do that the, as much as I should. So I'm, I'm really going to try to do that 
over the next 10 days minimum, like every day, like, God, I'm 100% willing, take this away from me. I beg you to, to help me live lust free today. There's and, a, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, and, and, you know, because I've done step two, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I know that that can work. The only thing is, am I really 100% willing to let go of that desire to look at women? There is there is a, a hope that comes in giving this to the Lord. There is a hope in saying, I want to build the foundation of the present on the prom- the, the promises of God in the future. I'm going to, I'm going, there's, there's premises and there's promises. And God says that if I repent and I turn that, that there, there is hope. There is always a second chance with the Lord. Right. Always. There is hope. Well, speaking of hope, why don't you talk about the, we have a lesson on hope and they have a hope, a acrostic, uh, just like every lesson in CR. This is the third lesson goes with principle two and step two. It's called hope. And uh, each of the letters stands for something. Each of the letters stands for something. Uh, We're going to jump into that acrostic in just a moment, but I've got a couple paragraphs I want to share. So this is from the Celebrate Recovery Bible Daily Devotional. Um, And here it goes. After years of participating in Celebrate Recovery, we may be surprised to find that some of our friends are former drug addicts, sex addicts, alcoholics, or controlling codependents. We've learned that we're more alike than we are different. We all struggle and we all make mistakes. Some of us hurt ourselves and others without breaking the law. Some of us break the law and scrape by without getting caught. And some of us break the law, get caught, and spend time in jail or prison. Men and women are being incarcerated at an alarming rate. 80% of prisoners are addicts, and 50% of them committed their crimes while they were high. More than 70% of female prisoners are victims of sexual or physical abuse. While in prison, a person's feelings of powerlessness can be overwhelming. Prisoners don't get to choose whom to live with, what to eat, what to wear, when to go outside or stay inside, or what time to get up in the morning or go to bed at night. One young woman explained that incarceration provides an environment without choices, decisions, or hope. However, more and more prisoners are beginning to find the hope to change their lives through their higher power, Jesus Christ. By facing their denial and powerlessness, they can begin their recovery. Prisoners are studying the Bible, working the steps, and forming accountability teams to help them learn different behaviors that will enable them to cope with life both inside and outside the prison walls. Wow. I mean, and you you think about where did Paul write a good chunk of the New Testament in prison? Yeah. I I mean, just just to think about that perspective, you know? Well, you know what? What strikes me about that passage that you just read is it really humbles me um, because it's easy for me to be all judgmental, like, well, at least I didn't go to prison. But but for the grace of God, right, a couple decisions here or there, a good piece of luck, circumstance, that could have been me easily. It also reminds me of this story in my first step study 
I, I might have shared this. I don't remember, but so I'll just I'll quickly say I've done things where I deserve to go to jail. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it right now. Yeah, out there. right. So just not getting caught, right. having having the blessing of not getting caught. Um, in my in my first step study, <clears throat> early on in it, the um, there was a message at Saddleback Church about everybody needs recovery, and our the very next week, our step study blew up. Wow. There was there was probably 50 or 60 guys there, and we had pushed the chairs all the way to the wall. And this guy comes in, and there's hardly any seats left. There's a seat next to me, and this dude comes in, and he is hardcore looking. Like, you, you, you know, I mean, hardcore looking, right? I get it, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, duh, please don't let him sit next to me. Please don't let him sit next to me. Because, you know, I'm new and I'm still a judgmental prick. And this dude winds up sitting next to me. And he was what he looked like. Had just gotten out of prison. Um, couldn't drive because he did. his driver's license was revoked. Um, he had done some serious time. And... Over the course of really weeks, I got to know this dude. I started driving him to and from see from our step study. Wow. I mean, I love this guy. It wow. was awesome. And and it really put me into the, this mindset of like, well, stop judging by the way somebody looks. And wow. even if they are what they look like, which this guy did, it was, who cares? That's not who they are on the inside. And 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 they, and every single one of them. Right? We talked about this last night. Jesus died for that dude. Jesus died for the guy that cut me off on the freeway this morning. Jesus died for my so-called enemies that that piss me off or frustrate me, whether it's at work or uh, you know in in life. Jesus died for all those guys. So <clears throat> that was really humbling. I'm telling, I'm telling you that this is, this is actually very real, um, is, you know, Walt Whitman has a quote, which is be curious, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. Judgmentalism ruins me. It yeah. ruins me. It absolutely ruins me because I focus on the flaws of the individual rather than being curious as to who God made this person to be. Right. And could you imagine if you had missed out on the opportunity to get to know this person? Exactly. And that could that that could have happened so easily because I could have put my walls up, right? I could have gone with my initial reaction like, oh, man, I need to stay away from this guy. Um, but I leaned into getting to know him and and it was awesome. Look at the at the the uh, CR summit. There's there's like a sub section of CR, a sub ministry called Broken Chains. Yeah. And these are like some tough looking guys wearing like. <laughs> leather you're jackets biker and bikers and like yeah. you're like are these hell's angels like who are these guys yeah but they're the nicest guys and you know? they're on fire for jesus <laughs> yes man. you know like <laughs> sometimes i wish that i could be um as on fire for the lord as he is because yes. a lot of times i can be pretty timid and and jesus doesn't like that right you know, he says, I, if you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out. There's a difference between timid and meek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's the acrostic for hope? I don't know. Oh, you don't have it? I, have I don't it. have it. <laughs> uh, so the H is higher power. Um, 
our higher power is the one and only true higher power, and he has a name, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> one of the things in um, this section uh, on higher power uh, that I highlighted was they said many people believe their doubts and doubt their beliefs. And I've heard Pastor Rick talk about this too, where it's like, stop doubting your beliefs and start <laughs> doubting your doubts. That's funny. <laughs> and it seems, it sounds so easy and obvious, but you know, the, our doubts um, can sometimes lead us down the wrong path the wrong direction. The O is openness. So that's openness to change. Um, the P is power. So this is gaining God's power to change who we are. Uh, and then the E is expect to change. I think that's a really big one because, <laughs> I mean, what's the point if I don't have the expectation that this is going to work. And you, what do we say at the end of every meeting? It works if you work it and it won't if you don't. Pretty much like anything in life, right? The intentionality and working it, it will work. Do you know what I shared with somebody last night about recovery? What? I said it's a lot like working out. It's all about the reps and weight. Yeah. But I said it has nothing to do with actual physical weight, like W-E-I-G-H-T. Yeah. I said it's reps and W-A-I-T. Yeah, amen. Keep doing the actions and be patient. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the there's many metaphors that are, and the fitness ones work really well, right? Like, if I'm going to run a marathon, I can't just go out and run one today. No way. I need to build up to it. It takes yes. time. Yes. Right? Uh, you know, the old saying is nine women can't make a baby in a month. <laughs> and that, that, that's true. That's very funny. Uh, all right. Okay. So. So if you like our jokes and want more of them, <laughs> please set, leave us a review with at least four stars if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, we can be not funny, but we're funny to ourselves. Yeah, but if seriously, I, I'll just interject this into the episode. If you enjoy anything about the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, if you've gotten anything out of it, if you could please subscribe and and just send it to one person who you know needs this episode. Yeah, please. And and if there's something you want us to talk about, or if there's something you think we're doing wrong, um, we're open to any and all feedback. Even even the bad stuff. So let it rip. Yeah, we want we want this to be <laughs> the best possible uh, message that it can be, uh, and we're using our stories and our experiences. Um, and hopefully that resonates with a lot of people out there. Um, but if there's something that you want us to talk about and, and by the way, we're going to start trying to bring in more guests to get yet another perspective on this. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And, and, and if you do have a story to share, like send us a, send us an email, write it in a review. Um, you can, you can send us a, a message at 119. So the number one, the number one, the number nine. Nine, so N-I-N-E dot org. You can, you can contact us there. Um, we'll share your story on the air. So feel free to, to, to send that. And with the, the commercial break, I think, I think we're done with that for now. <laughs> so there's, there's six questions in the lesson on hope. Uh, and I don't know that we want to do all of these, but um, they're really good. I'll read all six of them and then maybe you want to cherry pick a couple. Sure. Okay, so um, before taking this step, where were you trying to find hope? 
Question two is, what do you believe about God? What are some of his characteristics? Three, how are your feelings for your heavenly father and your earthly father alike? How do they differ? I like that one a lot. I know there's a lot of people uh, with father wounds. Let's roll with that one. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really tough to accept a heavenly father who is perfect because um, many men, their earthly father obviously wasn't perfect, but maybe was really abusive. I'll share on this for a second. Um, you know, you said, you know, let's cherry pick. We'll cherry pick on this one. I would say where earthly and heavenly father are similar is that I seek the stamp of approval. Yep, totally. And to seek God's approval leads to a much better life than to seek the approval of another human being. Even if my father was an amazing dude and I put my faith in seeking his approval, I, that's still not as good as seeking the approval of the Lord. And, and, um, it's different when, when it comes from a full heart of repentance, like God knows that I sin and will continue to sin. Um, that's why Jesus came for us. And so that relationship stays intact. Yeah. And that is really reassuring to me. Yeah. One of the things that I had um, for similar was fear. Mm. And uh, oh, with wow. God, it's a healthy fear, as in like fear and respect and and wanting to please him and be obedient. With my dad, it was an unhealthy fear of like walking on eggshells, not wanting to piss him off uh, because of his volatility. Mm. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> you know, another big one um, and, and you kind of touched on this with the validation, but I long for connection mm. with both. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be connected with God, Jesus, um, but I'd really like to have a better connection with my dad. And, and it's not really there. Uh, we live far apart. Um, my dad is hard of hearing, so it's not like I can call him real easily. I try to text him frequently, and you know that's okay, but not really. I mean, you don't you don't get too many intimate conversations via SMS, right? <clears throat> um, but but longing for that connection uh, is something, and and for me, you know, my dad's really up there. He's he's going to turn eighty one in in January and he's not in the best of health. Uh, and, and so now I start feeling like the clock is ticking. What can I do to improve our connection? You know, when we're so far apart. Uh, and I know with you and your dad, that's even, it's a pretty much an estranged relationship, right? You know, I have this feeling that like I have infinite time to, to make, to make it right. Whatever mm. needs to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, like this life is so finite. So like I don't have forever. I'm turning 30 next year. You know, he's getting older too. Like if if there is a shot at redemption for this guy, like there is still hope for his life. And, and I believe it. And and um, maybe I could help plant a seed, if, yeah. if you know, if I can get to that place. And that's how I want to think about it. Yeah, and and I I assume your dad is not a believer. 
I don't know what he is. You don't know. I don't like I I know nothing about this enigma. Yeah. Like this question mark, who is this person? Do you ever think about like that's similar with me. I mean, I like I said I I know my parents were raised Catholic, but every time they've come down to visit for um Christmas when when since we've been Christian, uh I invite them every year and they never never go with us. That's not true. My mom went one time, but my dad never goes. And and oftentimes I I have these visions of having these like really deep and meaningful spiritual conne- connection and communication and conversations around you know like how did you get where we where you are what do you, who do you think Jesus is like what it, well are you agnostic are you uh, an atheist like I don't know and I want to have these conversations but I don't know how to enter into them. Neither do I. I. I think I'm gonna have to relate to my father based on the exact skills that he passed down to me too. The things that I knew that he was good at that we can maybe do together. Yeah. Um, because I know that I got a heavy dose of my spirituality from my mom. So I don't know how much exists inside of him. Um, but I know that I can connect with him on creativity. Yeah. Because he's probably one of the most creative people ever born. Yeah. Just totally misused his talents yeah yeah and, and and maybe that's where you know as you're going through and leading by example or or you know praising god for your creative abilities maybe he sees something yeah but also i can't control if he sees something no yeah but i can at least try i, I think that's it you know being a witness by the way we live um i know i've I've tried everything's to t- worth at least one shot. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've tried to talk to my mom and, and even persuade her and trying to get into like, why did you abandon faith? And I, rec- one time she sent me an email and basically said like, stop proselytizing. I've made my decision. And, and that was kind of like, hmm. Permission to drill in on something you just said. Yeah. You may need to ask a better question. Maybe, yeah. Because that question will put anybody on the defensive. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I don't recall exactly. I think it was more of, and, and this, I think you're right. I I, I think I was. Um, There's a different approach maybe. Yeah. And, and I was trying to persuade um, because I had told her like. Uh, uh, Is it okay that I that I drilled on that? Yeah, I mean, okay. of course. I had mentioned to her before, like, you know, in my experience in CR, I've met a lot of quote unquote recovering Catholics, right? People who were turned off by the Catholic Church, and and so I I tried to approach it from that perspective, and you know, she she just doesn't want to talk about it. Um, it means there's a lot of pain, probably. Pro- probably, yeah. I mean, you know, and I and I think the question uh, for a lot of I think the biggest doubt question for people is if God, why suffering? Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of suffering in our world. And it seems like, you know, the the question the atheist asks is or, or proclaim is like, well, either God doesn't care about the suffering, then how can he be loving? Or he's not doing anything about it. He can't do anything about it. Then he's not all powerful. And, and that's not true, but, but that really grabs your attention as a, as a doubt seed 
right? Be like, yeah, God, like, so come here's on. The, here's the here's the line I think, and the, I I'm not sure if this is exactly right, but I think that suffering is a lot like sacrifice, where I like I'm not actually making a sacrifice when you know um, when I when I give something, but I can I can have joy in that sacrifice knowing that it's being used for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And joy in suffering is very hard to attain. Some people call it the peace that surpasses understanding. It's a unique mark of a Christian. Yeah. Is their life is a mess and they just look happy for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Content in all things, no right. matter the circumstance. And and that's a hard thing to achieve. Um which is why we need his power. Uh, we can't do it. it alone. For sure right? is not possible alone. Yeah. With all things, with, uh, with God, all things are possible. Um, let me read you the other questions in here and we can decide if we want to do maybe one more. Uh, question four is, how can your relationship with your higher power, Jesus Christ, help you step out of your denial and face reality? Um, five, in what areas of your life are you now ready to let God help you? I feel like that's a question we we ask several times throughout the step study. And, and I think it's repeated for a reason. Is like we have a tendency, I know I do, to cling on to certain areas where I, uh, I'm having this wrestling match of like, okay, yeah, God, I trust you. But then I'm going to do a bunch of things on my own power without, you know, uh, surrendering well this is really really good so i i had read romans 10 9 but i didn't read the sentence before in this devotional which says we can't find salvation through intellectual understanding monetary gifts good works or church attendance i.e the recovery lifestyle is not going to bring you salvation. The only thing that will bring you salvation is described in Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty much the only way. Yeah. (laughs) It's the order, right? I want to live the recovery lifestyle um, because I've been given grace and salvation. And now I want to live up to it. And the way I'm choosing to live up to it is by practicing these things that we call the recovery lifestyle. Yeah, it's, I almost look at it as a discipline. And discipline um, is necessary for maturity, especially for emotional maturity. And we were talking about that last night. Mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody grow? Well, I, I think we grow by practicing things, you know, putting them into motion. Yeah, we grow by stress, yeah. by, by being tested, yeah. uh, by, you know, submitting to the refiner's fire. Those are the things that, that make us grow by, by being out of our comfort zone. You know what the interesting thing about the test is? This is how gracious God is. He will put the test in front of you an infinite amount of times in your life until you pass. Yeah. yeah. Infinite. Yeah. There are old, there are unlimited redos, <laughs> unless unless it's a fatal mistake, in which case you die. You die. <laughs> so yeah. like, don't do that one <laughs> for the average test. It'll you have unlimited redos, but like God just wants like like where our character is being built in this life is the whole point, right? Yeah, and 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 
our character is developed the best through struggle, through suffering, through pain and perseverance. So uh, and, and this, that sucks, yeah. but but then again it doesn't. It it doesn't. And so we'll we'll come back to hope here. You know, simply put, life without Christ is a hopeless end. Yeah. You'll keep kind of failing that test. And isn't the other half of that with him it's an endless hope. Yeah. It never runs dry. Yeah. It is an infinite well. Yeah, like w- with the woman at the well where he talks about water that he has that, you you know, you'll never go thirsty again. Uh, and that's the well that we need to be drinking from. Yeah, you know, I get, um, I get sparklets delivered every week. And you know what? I've tried it. It doesn't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. And you drink one and you get thirsty again later. Exactly. (laughs) The last question uh, is, um, what things are you ready to change in your life? Where can you get the power to change them? Oh, I was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to talk about this or do you want to open share on that? Let's open share on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. Hey, John. I'm in recovery for sex addiction, struggle with lust, you guys. So I, I have a answer to this question <clears throat> um, actually prepared because this is one where almost nine years ago in my first step study, um, I went through this process where I was writing these letters to my wife <clears throat> and I did like 40 letters in 40 days, just kind of repentance letters. And one of them had this list of all of the things that I needed to change, like do a 180 on. Um, So I want to read this to you. Uh, So it was from selfish to thinking of others, from neglectful to mindful, from lustful to pure, from mean to kind, from angry to calm, from judgmental to accepting, from taking to giving, from oblivious to thoughtful, from prideful to humble, from pushing to pulling, from self-righteous to righteous, from obsessing to balancing, from doubting to believing, from ignoring to listening, from avoidance to engagement, from lying to being truthful, from knocking down to lifting up, from making people feel guilty to being thoughtful, accepting, accommodating, and compromising, from being reckless to being safe, from reticence to communicative, from being duplicitous to being authentic, from foolishness to wisdom, from isolation to inclusion, from untrustworthy to transparent, from stingy to to generous, from disrespectful to respecting, from poisoning to nurturing, from emptiness to fulfillment, from pain to comfort, from undermining to support, from irritable to to patient, from a bad parent to a role model father, from an absent husband to the man of my wife's dreams. The, this list is super convicting just reading it right now because some I have success with, some I still struggle with, all I always wanna be doing better. The second part of this question is, where can I get the power to change them? The power is from God. Only he could trans- 
form someone so completely. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Well, it's hard to follow that one. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Chris, grateful believer in recovery for alcoholism, sex, and porn addiction, as well as anger and codependency. Hey, Chris. Um, well, what, um, what am I ready to change in my life and where can I get the power to change those things? Um, one thing I'd like to change is my pattern of anger. Um, when it comes to holding on to, uh, resentments for people and then like five years in, I'll just have a blow up or something. Mm. And I just had one of those with my stepdad. Um, and no, it's not like, oh, that's just the way our family is. Or, you know, we were due for just a good argument. Like some people would say, or like my Italian great grandmother would say, that's just how Italians are. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually refuse to accept that. Mm-hmm. I, I refuse to accept that's just the way we are. Um, I, I don't agree. Uh, I don't agree with that. And so I want to change that. And the only way that's going to change is, is with the, the power of Jesus Christ. Um, power of the Holy Spirit in my, in my, in my, just my being. Um, it's going to take the father's grace and it's, it's going to take Jesus sharing his yoke with me. Um, because I can't carry the load. Otherwise it's just too heavy. (laughs) That's it. Thanks guys. Man. Yeah. That may be the way I am, uh, or the way things are. But that doesn't mean that it's right or okay, or that it can that it can't change, right? And and <clears throat> to me, saying, "Well, that's just the way we are," or "That's just the way I am," that's denial, really. When you boil yeah, it down, it's super denial. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fine. That's the way you've become. Is that the way you want to stay? No, sir. <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean, I, I know you're making, you know, that what choice. sucks too, is that it's been passed down for many generations in my family has been this behavior too. And so it's like, no one's, no one's left me anything except their shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I might bleep that out. I might just leave it, but it's like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just the, came the, out. The, the thing is. You are making the choice to break the cycle. Right. Break every chain. Yeah. And and that means like your non-negotiables with your wife and your son. Yeah. That means that he is not going to be sitting in this circle someday talking about how it's always been like this in my family and my dad just passed it down from his dad who passed it down from his dad. He will be in Celebration Place and The Landing meeting other children of recovering addicts in CR, but he'll know it from a different perspective. Right. And, and, and you know, <laughs> he'll, I mean, you know, there's no escaping hurts, habits and hangups. Right. So he'll have those. But, but they won't be the same monumental ones to overcome. He might not like me that he can't go hang out with his friends on Friday night, but <laughs> hopefully he'll make friends yeah, there. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, man, my, my next door neighbor growing up, he he learned a lot of bad habits from his church group, <laughs> his church youth group. Okay, so he can have some fun. I, cool. <laughs> oh, man. Let's pray out. Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for this time and this platform and 
this relationship and this program, we feel so blessed to dig into these questions. And man, we're ready to change our lives for the better. And we need your help to do it, to let go of all these things that are holding us back, to become the men that you created us to be, to be more like Christ today and tomorrow than we were yesterday. That's our goal. We can't do it without you. And we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.